Toshiko Grace Hasegawa joins us today to talk about her campaign for Seattle Port Commissioner in position four. She is the executive director of the Commission on Asian Pacific American Affairs, appointed by Governor Jay Inslee. Previously, she served as a communications manager at King County's Office of Law Enforcement Oversight. Toshiko is a fourth generation Seattleite and a lifelong resident of Beacon Hill. And we're so glad that she is here. Toshiko, how are you? How's everything going? How's the campaign? All that? Steph, and I'm doing great. I feel really good being here with you this morning. And thank you so much for having us and campaign. I'm excited to talk about it. Well, good. And we're going to get to all of that. But, you know, I want to talk about your background a little bit because it's not often that we get to talk to somebody who's running for office here in the state who actually has such deep roots. As I mentioned, you're a fourth generation Seattleite. Tell us a little bit more about your background. Well, so yeah, fourth generation Japanese American and like a lot of listeners here, my family's American story begins at the Port of Seattle where my great grandparents immigrated in search of economic opportunity. We have always lived on Beacon Hill and being raised near the water, I really have this appreciation for how maritime and aviation are much more than economic drivers or industries, right? They're actually integral to our way of life. They're part of our regional heritage and our identity. They're exactly intergenerationally, what's been able to help families like mine break into the middle class and be able to build family wealth over time. And now I'm the mom. I gave birth during the pandemic to a little girl, nine months old. You know, you're not seeing that side of the living room. But, you know, uh, the, I live on the flight path and I watch my little girl. She's waking up. Right. And she, she can she can actually see the planes go overhead. She has so much wonder in her eyes. And we also know that our communities, Beacon Hill, South Park, Georgetown, South King County, that includes, you know, SeaTac, Burien, Tukwila, Des Moines, Federal Way, they have disparate health outcomes because of the airport operations, which is about 70% of the Port of Seattle's overall operations, right? And when I'm talking about disparate outcomes, we're talking about a lower life expectancy to the tune of seven to eight years, higher infant mortality, incidence of asthma. I grew up fishing on T18 right over here, just a few minutes from my from my house. The Duwamish River is now, throughout the entirety of my adult life, one of the most endangered rivers in the United States, right? And so <clears throat> during now, you know, as you mentioned in the intro, I head a, a state agency. I'm the state's top official on Asian Pacific American affairs. In part, I serve upon the sub-cabinet on business diversity, and I serve upon the disaster resiliency work group. And I saw when COVID hit that it had a tremendous impact on both our businesses and our families. But it also showed us that it is the port, in particular shipping and fishing, that sustained our regional economy through our darkest hour of need. They made sure that all of us got the vital supplies that we were relying upon. And an interesting anecdote is that you might not know, or listeners might not know, but the Port of Seattle transportation is the primary culprit of carbon emissions in our state. And a lot of that comes from airplanes. And so the Port of Seattle has this tremendous role to play in answering to the economic, the environmental, right, the public health crises of our time. But these things are no longer hypothetical. They have arrived. Yeah. Right. Um, and so we're not we're not um, there's this sense of urgency, particularly 
when I look to that same sound where I used to watch whales, where I look to the ice caps on top of the mountains where I used to go mushroom hunting or we used to climb or we used to ski. And we wonder if that's going to be available to posterity. So we, so I'm, so I'm so proud to have given folks the choice uh, for a candidate who's going to represent the cornerstones of our values. Um, and you know, and the last thing I'd, I'd say is I'm a daughter of the labor movement, right? My father was secretary treasurer at Teamsters Local 174. My mom was a mental health counselor. She's still a dues pay member of SEIU, right? And I was raised that not only do you have to fight for what you believe in but also to so many of these social issues and how we're connected with each other, that economic empowerment is going to lead to social justice. So I just hope to be able to do something meaningful in the lives of the community. You've hit on so many things that I want to really drill down on, particularly, uh, you know, issues of equity, certainly uh, the climate and the port as an economic driver. But I'll just ask you just mm -hmm. kind of a bonehead question, because I don't think a lot of people really know you, know, you talk about you know, the Port Commission oversees uh, the seaport, certainly, which is a little opaque for people, but certainly people get SeaTac Airport. Um, mm -hmm. How does the commission interact with these entities? So actually, um, the Port of Seattle is unique because it's actually very uncommon for a port authority to encompass both an airport and a seaport. The Port of Seattle is both. Um, and, you know, the commission itself is uh, the see, the port. Is, it's it's a special government and there are five positions. And really, the role is to be able to set policies and to be able to importantly pass a budget. They also have the authority to be able to levy a property tax. Um, and those are all those um, those revenues will directly benefit economic operations. And so we're also talking about a campaign and planning for the next steps of the Port of Seattle in the context of a new presidential administration, right? And um, and a Congress that's on the brink of approving a trillion dollar infrastructure project that's supposed to be a once a generation investment into including how at place Washington State and places like the Port of Seattle are going to be planning for their, for their operations in the future. If you look at the Port of Seattle right now, it could really stand just to be modernized. Um, so we're talking about on a technical basis um, at the waterfront about the way that we're accommodating big container ships to be able to keep step with the emerging norms of the industry instead of being, you know, fossil fuel guzzlers to be able to physically hook up and recharge while they're here. And that's called shore power. And we're updating our systems to look like that. We're talking about green new buildings because we think of it as, um, you know, the airport and the seaport, but there's also construction, which is a major asset of the Port of Seattle and, um, you know, real estate. And so what does green infrastructure look like? And we, it's not just, it can't just be vision. We have to talk about sustainable and sensible growth management because we have to work with places like King County and the city of Seattle to make sure that we actually have an electrical grid that can support this future way of life that we hope to be able to step into. And that right now we're going to be asking for funds to be able to support. Um, and so, you know, there's, there's, there's so much at stake um, and we're going to have to work together. And that's why I'm so proud to be endorsed by Governor Inslee or by Lieutenant Governor Denny Heck or Congressman Smith or King County Council members 
Dembowski, Balducci, Cole Wells, and Zahilai, and over 50 people from local government who know that we need a vision. They know my work, they know me, and they know that I'm ready to get to work on day one. Um, so, and by and large, folks don't know what the Port of Seattle does, but it's going to be tremendously consequential. Well, I mean, you're talking about uh, potentially joining the, uh, the the Port Commission at a really, really important time, right? Mm -hmm. Because we may be looking at billions of dollars coming into the state for infrastructure, and you would have you'd be playing an integral role in that. Um, I want to talk about the, the rebuilding through a couple of lenses. The first is equity. I know this is very important to you, and you and I have talked about this a little bit. Um, you see an opportunity to do this, all the things that you just talked about, with a focus on equity. Can you expand on that? Yeah, well, you know, King County is one of the most um, racially and ethnically and idiomatically diverse places in the entire world, right? We're the fourth largest container port. Um, in the nation, and we're the point of entry for goods and people from around the world to be able to make their way across Washington and into the heart of the country. Um, and so, you know, there's, there's a tremendous opportunity, both in, you know, not just jobs for workers, but also contracts for businesses. I mean, contracts on contracts on contracts on the horizon. And this, what the Port of Seattle does next is what's going to make a difference um, for the economic future of our region. Um, and we really have a once-in-a-generation opportunity with the Build Back Better package um, to be able to create substantial generational wealth um, for our diverse families who live right here at home. The Port of Seattle is considered to be you know, have a couple major industries, and that's obviously the airport, the seaport, and also construction. Um, but all of those industries are historically white, and they're historically male. Um, and so as we are literally building our way out of this recession, uh, what are we doing to be really intentional to make sure that all people have access um, to this capital, um, to these opportunities, right? Um, and then how are we doing it? How are we building, physically building out in a way that takes into mind um, the geographic impacts uh, with those with the proximity to the operations of the port and its impacts um, including with uh, livability issues for um, congestion, right mobility, those five miles in out from the airport that are just impossible. Um, those five miles, five miles, five miles out from the, from the seaport that get really frustrating to be able to sit in, and not just for community members, but I mean truckers, uh, you know, workers who have to wait for hours to be able to drop loads or to be able to take off. Um, that's a workplace condition. Um, but the Port of Seattle, it's their job to be able to address it. Uh, but you have to think big. I mean, there's an ongoing conversation of high-speed rail that's going to meaningfully, north-south oriented, going to meaningfully connect the West Coast from Vancouver to Washington to Portland, uh, right? And that could significantly reduce the number of uh, of short distance flights coming in and out of SeaTac Airport that are causing pollution, that are causing livability issues, um, and causing health disparities um, in people. Uh, we can talk about electric rail for short haul trips across the yards to just address the ongoing supply chain issues that, frankly, small businesses, they don't have it in their margins to be able to sustain uh, delays in receiving uh, their their supplies. So, um, so, you know, 
this is it's both in terms of the macro economy and how we're 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 moving um you know big big funds uh, across our region but it's also in the micro economy in the lives and ability for families to make paychecks um in 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 order to know that they're not going to be displaced out of their out of their home um in the next month so it's um it's it's also a matter of international trade so when we are actually updating our systems we appeal for folks to be a conduit where they can actually come through because right now LA and Long Beach have already gone fully electric and so has Canada. So folks, we're not compatible with some of the newer vessels. Um, and so making sure that we're just keeping step with the emerging norms um, um, of the industry is gonna be so, so important, but it's so, so exciting. I think historically, we have pitted environmentalism against jobs, right? Uh, put business against labor. Uh, but actually, if we do this right, we're meeting everybody's goals because everybody wants families to have financial stability. Everybody wants to do something about climate change, right? Uh, we have shared goals um, and there's a way to bring all of them together to make sure that we're building back to be more sustainable, right? More inclusive, but also, you know, more lucrative than we were before. There's tremendous potential. It's exciting. Well, that that last part, I think, is is a particular selling point for a lot of people who might be a little squishy on the other two aspects of it. And so, you know, right. yeah. <laughs> right. So how do, you, how right? do you convince business to exactly. care about uh, gender justice or racial justice? Right. And it's got to be good for their bottom line. Same thing with you know, the port addressing human trafficking. And it's that we can do things if they understand that it's actually in their interest to be able um, to support a thriving economy. Uh, uh, everybody's going to be on board. And so and so that's that's where you need to really pull out the potential. And that's where the exciting conversations are. I want to touch on the reason why we are in the economic position that we're in, and that's the pandemic. I know that's something that you think about. And obviously, the airport is, is a major concern, right? Uh, you know, the people leaving and arriving from all over the world. How should the Port Commission be thinking about the Delta variant? Oh, my goodness. Well, SeaTac, it's surprising because they're one of the only airports where they're not actually offering um, on-site vaccinations to travelers themselves or information about it as they come through. And so it seems to me that that would be low-hanging fruit. Um, you know, you go through Denver, Colorado, and, um, and it tells you where you can go as you're on your layover in order to be able to go and get a vaccination. And they report pretty high rates. People will take them up on that. Um, yeah, the Delta variant... If it's not the Delta variant, it's going to be another one. And right now, you know, the pandemic is still very much raging, um, <clears throat> both here at home, but also, but especially abroad, right? And the countries of origin of so many places. Um, so I really think that the the port should also be thinking about its role in streamlining relief services. Um, for Because at one point we were the ones who were receiving support, vital supplies that we needed. But now India, for example, it's beyond a need for PPE. They need body boxes, right? They need, um, they need gloves. Um, and, um, and, but exports are very different than imports and we're having a hard time streamlining in a, uh, you know, an expeditious fashion, 
those vital supplies to countries in need. And so it's India today, but the next day it's, it's, you know, it's going to be Sri Lanka. And so we have to, uh, we have to think about how the port is going to be a, you know, a global citizen um, in that sense as well. Something that I actually did not bring up before that I, I want to get your your thoughts on. If you're elected, you would be the very first woman of color ever to serve in the Seattle port. Right. Uh, I, I think the, the word that comes to mind is about time, right? That's probably the most <laughs> polite way that I can put it. How do you think about it? Well, you know, we talk about the Port of Seattle as being an entity that a lot of folks are just unfamiliar with. They don't know what it does in its day to day. They don't see why it's important or what it means to them. And that's really not on members of the public. It's it's really a result of there never being an entity or an individual at the port that made it relevant in the lives of those community members. And so I think particularly in East King County or particularly in South King County, where the port of Seattle probably goes unquestioned and now finally, you know, running um, as somebody who's, you know, who is directly impacted by the airport operations, who had proximity to the water growing up, you know, um, we're having a thoughtful dialogue publicly about the potential of the Port of Seattle. And um, and I think it's really gratifying also as a candidate because it's not just about, um, <clears throat> you know, getting elected. The means um, to the ends are just as exciting. And, um, and seeing, uh, you know, people actually um, be able to weigh in on, on port issues and make a difference. For example, uh, the port just proposed being able to bulldoze over um, some forested land in North SeaTac Park, one of the only green areas that that community has. It's where the Boy Scouts go orienteering. So my dog goes running, right? It's where one of the places I could go for a hike, you know, uh, while I was pregnant and I during the pandemic, but they wanted to clear it out for a parking lot, hmm. a parking lot. Um, but community members were able to mobilize and they're saying, hey, you know, the, the Port of Seattle is responsible. It's in your mission, not just to expand economic opportunity, but do it in a way that is environmentally responsible and also going to take into account its public health impact. And this forest does all of those things. Um, and they were able to, you know, there was 500 people who signed on to a letter um, and they were able to make a difference. And I think that that's, that's the kind of difference in the day-to-day -day experience that public mobilization um, for impact and policy decision-making, um, you know, processes at the port can have uh, in the livability of communities. And so uh, let's keep it up, right? Like accountability and public engagement is only a good thing. Um, in 100 years of the Port of Seattle, there's only been four women ever to serve, right? And I think that there's more as an employer that the port can do to be both an inclusive but also supportive workplace. Let's talk about wanting to make it more diverse, you know, in maritime, but how are we going to support women at sea? Right. Um, what are we? We talk about how uh, folks think that Cruise does so much to be able to support local businesses, but actually, Cruise says that that's um, that those are losses because they actually want those families to spend that money on board, right? But then, as soon as it takes off, um, there are very strange legal jurisdictions, so assault can happen on board, and there's 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 no accountability for women, right? There are things with with the industry that we need to think about through gender justice, through racial justice lenses that just have not been a priority thus far, and the port needs to be a steward for for that. The commission needs to be able to push that dialogue.
Well, we thank you for for really shining a light on all of that and and really being on the ground and and doing the hard work there. And I know you're balancing a lot with your campaign right now uh, with your nine month old and you have a full time job and all of that. And we are less than a month away right now from ballots dropping. So how can people help out with your campaign? Well, um, if folks could vote, that would be wonderful. That would be super dope. Yeah, if people could vote. <laughs> uh, the primary was one of the most conservative electorates that we've seen in a while. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I guess people say that's a natural swing of things. No, 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 no. You're always registered to vote. Um, get out there. Be a steward of your household. Make sure that you turn in your ballots. Also, it's um, very strange to campaign during a pandemic. The way that we get our message out there is by, you know, paid advertisement. Uh, you know, we're going to do mail. We're going to do um, digital. Uh, you have to pay for those things. If folks go online, hasagalreport.com and drop 25 bucks. That would be an amazingly meaningful contribution. We can't take democracy vouchers because we're countywide, even though it's the port of Seattle. Um, and so, you know, the just small contributions from grassroots donors is what's going to make it's going to make the margin. So um, those are the two primary ways. Vote and give um, seriously. Um, yeah. And, and keep talking about it. Right. It's, it's only healthy for democracy. Absolutely. Well, you've given us a lot to talk about here today, and I'll have that information for people in the show notes. Uh, Toshiko Grace Hasegawa, I so appreciate you. Thank you so much mm -hmm. for joining us today. Thank you so much, Stefan. It's always a joy and an honor. Thank you.